0: This is Pastor Phil Mentor. I'm the pastor of Harvest Worship Center in Trine Georgia. We'd like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. Every week, we try to broadcast our Sunday morning celebration that begins at 10:30. This is the celebration of who Jesus is in our lives. We hope and pray that you will enjoy this message and that God will draw you closer to Him through it. And then. Uh... In the middle of that, the disciples are praising God, and they're praising and saying, glory to God in the highest. And they're laying their coats before him. They're cutting palm leaves and putting them before him. And um, the Pharisees come to him and say, you need to, to make these folks be quiet. And Jesus says, if they keep their silence, if they're silent, then the very stones, the very rocks will cry out in their place. Um, and the thought of this series has been, I don't want a rock. Taking my praise, my place of praise, and uh, I I want us to understand that there are a lot of things in life that try to steal my praise. A lot of situations in life that try to steal, steal my praise. But I don't want to get to heaven and say, and the Lord look at me and say, Phil, I had to lift up a rock to praise me in your place because you didn't praise me. You didn't praise me in the middle of that storm. You didn't praise me even when the good times are going. You don't. You didn't praise me. I I want to take every opportunity to lift up and to praise the name of the Lord. Um, this kind of goes kind of a tie into last the last series we did, but uh, the Lord kind of led me to this this week, anointed to overflow. Um, part of the way that we live a life that no rock will take our praise is to live an anointed life. And I know for some that's a foreign subject, and for others you just know exactly what I'm talking about. But there is power in the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I'll share with you very quickly, the Bible the Bible said, doesn't say that, that skillful preaching will break the yoke of bondage. It doesn't say that clever thinking will break the yoke of bondage or, or awesome singing will break the yoke of bondage. Um, it says that the anointing, will break the yoke of bondage. Now, that doesn't mean that there can't be anointed singing that breaks the yoke of bondage or anointed preaching that can. But the problem is, if we're not careful, we will try to to manufacture the anointing. And I'm here to tell you there's only one that anoints, and that's the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, all I'm going to do is share words with you this morning if the anointing of the Spirit isn't in what I'm telling you and saying to you this morning. And so as I was talking or thinking over this, going through these thoughts, um, I thought about what are the steps towards anointing. And so immediately just a flood of scriptures began to come to my mind and a flood of different stories and situations. Um, and just to kind of summarize before we get any further, to keep a rock from taking my place of praising God, I must live a life overflowing with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is what I need in order to see captives set free, to see souls saved, to see miracles of healing. We all want signs and wonders. Come on, we want God to do what He is, you know, do His thing. Amen. Show up God in a miraculous way. But I'm here to tell you, it is the anointing of the Holy Spirit that brings those things about. But there are steps in those in the anointing. Now I'm going to read some passages of Scripture to you, and then we're going to get into our thoughts. Um, the very first passage I want to read to you is John seven verses. 3. 37 and 38, which says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow, uh, flow rivers of living water. Rivers, an overflow of rivers. What is water represents what in the in the scripture? It represents the presence or the spirit of God. He's saying, "Whoever believes me, anybody thirsty in this room this morning for more of God." He said, "When you come to me for that to fill that thirst, instead of the world." When you come to me for that, he says, out of you will come a source of anointing and the overflow of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want the Lord to overflow in my life. How about you? I want the Spirit of God to pour out of my life. I want people to, to look at me as a source to come to and find God, amen, to find Jesus. I want to be a well for him. How about you? Amen. What are you talking about? Have you ever been drawn to somebody's prayer life before? Uh, Who do you go to when it's time to, when you need an answer to pray? When you, man, I got to have somebody get a hold of God for me. Who do you call? Who you call? Who do you reach out to? You know why you reach out to that person? Because you see a well in their life. You see an overflow in their life. There's something, I know they can get a prayer through for me. I know that they can touch heaven for me. And so we go and we seek out those type of people when we're in desperate need. I'm here to tell you, God doesn't want us just to have to seek out those people all the time. But he wants you to become a source in your own life of the overflowing anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can walk with God's Spirit every day if you'll let him move in your life. Second Kings, uh, uh, the third chapter, verses 16 and 17. And like I said, I'm going to go all over the place, but then we're going to bring it home. And he said, thus says the Lord, I will make this dry, uh, this dry uh, stream of uh, streamless land full of pools. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind or rain, but the steam beds, uh, stream beds shall be filled with water so that you shall drink you and your livestock and your animals. This was a promise that drought would come to an end. I'm here to tell you there's been years in America where I felt like we were going through a spiritual drought as anybody else. I felt like we were just we were running from little mud puddles to little mud puddles finding whatever we could find to drink, but I'm here to tell you in the last few years, I believe the Spirit of God has sent rain again upon the land and I believe the, the, the stream beds that once were dry are starting to fill again because God is ready for His people to drink of him to be filled with him I see it happening. I see it happening. Then Zechariah 4 and 2 says, and he said to me, what do you see? And I said, I see and behold a lampstand, uh, all of gold, with a bowl on the top of it and seven lamps, lamps on it. It was seven lips on each of them uh, on the top of it. And then he goes on to say, and I want to see the fire. Again, another another representative. He says, I'm going to give you fire. I'm going to give you presence of me. Then 2 Kings 2 and 9 says, and when he crossed over, a light. I just said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. I am thankful for the spirit of God that has moved in previous generations, aren't you? I am, I am so thankful for the anointing of the Spirit that I saw on my dad as he went and my mom as they went through their years of ministry. And I, I'm thankful for the anointing of the Spirit that I saw on my grandfather and grandmother as I was going through my life. But I'm here to tell you, we stand at a critical moment in this generation where yesterday's anointing will not be enough to set people free. We need a double portion and we need an Elisha generation to cry out to God Lord I want what they had but I won't double because I'm facing a world where the enemy has stepped up his attack I'm here to tell you you need a double portion of what God has for you a double portion and then the last verse of Scripture that I want to share with you begins us into our steps. And it simply says the steps need to, uh, needed to take, uh, the, uh, take to receive anointing in your life. Before, uh, before you pour uh, the vessel, you've got to shut the door. Look at somebody said, before you pour, shut the door. Come on. Let's do it again. Say, before you pour, shut the door. All right, let's go to Second Kings 4 and 5, is, uh, beginning with verse 5, says this. So she went from him and shut the door behind her, her, herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her sons, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. This is the story of the widow woman. She was in great debt. She needed something from God. She needed an answer. So the man of God's going by. She says, Hey, I need God to show up in my life. I need God to be present in my life. I'm, I'm about to lose everything I've got. My, my husband's dead and they're going to take my boys and they're going to put, make them indentured servants to pay off the debt, which means basically slaves. And they will be slaves until the debt's paid and then I'll get my boys back. But I need my boys at home because a widow without her sons is dead. That's the way the culture was at that time. I won't survive without my sons. So what does he tell her? He says, I'll tell you what you do. He says, go, beg, borrow, do whatever you need to do. Get as many vessels that you can get. What do you have in your house was the first thing he said. In other words, I'm here to tell you, you may feel like the devil's taking everything from you. You may not have much, but you know what she had? She had She had a little bit of oil. She had a little jar of oil, and the oil represents the anointing of the Lord. And she says, I ain't got nothing left. I've taken everything. All I have is a little jar of oil. He said, go get as many vessels as you can find, he says, and bring them in the house. And he says, then start filling them up out of that little jar. And so she went to her neighbors. They went everywhere they could. They got the got as many vessels as they could. But the Bible says she had to shut the door before she began to pour. Now, there's a lesson in that for us. So many of us, we want God's anointing to overflow in our life, and we want God to pour out his blessings in our life. But we have not shut the door of distraction in our life. We haven't went alone where we have to be to get the presence and the favor of God in our life. If you want God's favor, you've got to be in his presence. And some of us, we got to learn to shut the door door on the distractions in our life before we begin to pour out what we have because if we don't we will cease to see the miracle of the Lord as she closed the door she began to pour the oil and as she poured it it filled up a vessel they brought another and another and another till they ran out of vessels and all those things she took those and she sold it she paid off her debt and she was set free I want you to know there is a world that is trying its best to enslave us it is trying its best to enslave us to the the, power past debt of our life, the past sins of our life. But I'm here to tell you, God's ready for us to begin to shut the door, church, and pour the oil in our life. The more you pray, the more you seek God, the more oil you're pouring into the empty vessel, and it will pour until there is no more vessels to fill. God's ready for the anointing to pour in your life. Amen? Don't you think once she got that last vessel and she poured and all of a sudden the last drops come out of that little vessel she was thinking we should have got more we should have got more so many times we we get all that we think we need of God and we don't realize we need more we need more amen you see she shut the door behind her, but before you can pour, before you you need to close the door and start to pray, you need to find a place with God. Amen? How many of you know when somebody's been in the presence of God? You ever been around somebody you know has been in the presence of God? It's, I'm telling you. there's certain ones, when you know they've been alone with God, there's a difference in their life. When I was in high school, I took seven of my friends, all of them heathens, um, to youth camp. And my, uh, one of my closest friends uh, was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit at youth camp. We get home and he steps off the church van and his mom takes a step back from him and says, something's happened to you. It's time for the church to be so filled with the anointing of the Holy Spirit that the world quits saying, you look just like me, you act like me, you talk like me. They take a step back and say, something's happened to you. You have been alone in the presence of God and something has happened in your life. I'm here to tell you, it is those step back moments that will open doors and opportunities for us to share Jesus like never before. But when we act like the world, we talk. Talk like the world. We uh, we try to our best. Too many people are trying to blend in. Come on, see you getting quiet. But it's truth. we well, to we'll just blend in. I love Jesus, but I don't have to. You know, I don't have to be vocal about it. I don't have to do what Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil just crazy. He's crazy about Jesus, but you know, he's paid to be crazy. If you think that for one moment, you can quit paying me tomorrow, I'll still be crazy about Jesus. Probably a little more crazy because I'm going to need him more. (laughs) But if that happened, I'll stand at Walmart and do whatever I have to do and I'll still love Jesus with all my heart, soul, and mind because he is my provider and my strength. I'm crazy about Jesus because he was first crazy about me. If I'd have wrote that, that's probably how it is said. You know, he, he, I love him because he first loved me. I think I would have wrote, I'm crazy about him because he was first crazy about me. Some of us have the wrong look. at the, I'm just going to share something with you today. Some of us look at this as restriction in our life. We look at this as a burden in our life. But I'm here to tell you, you know what this is from Genesis to Revelations, from the left side to the right side of your Bible. I'm gonna tell you what it is. It is about a God that is head over heels in love with you. He is crazy in love with you. He is madly in love with you. He has relentless love for you. He will go and do whatever he needs to do. As a matter of fact, he was so in love with you. He said, I'll send my baby boy to die on a cross for you. My only begotten. Son will die so that I can have a relationship with you. That's some crazy love, but aren't you thankful? He was crazy in love with you this morning. He was crazy in love with me this morning. I'm thankful for that. Shut the door and let the anointing flow. Before the overflow could begin, there is going to always be a need of worship if you want the anointing in your life. Worship is not just what we do on Sunday mornings. It's what we do all the time. It's how we honor God in everything that we say. Church needs to become a greater, a greater worship, has to have greater anointing than we've ever seen before. In other words, I'm looking for God. Look, just imagine this room as a vessel, one vessel. I am so ready for God to overflow in this room till it's spilling out into the streets. Amen. It's spilling out into our schools. It's spilling out into our workplaces. It's spilling into our homes the anointing, and the overflow. You need to continue to pour if you want to see God move. What was she? Listen, that little vessel could have represented her. And the more she poured out, the more he filled up. Think about that. The more she poured out, the more he would fill and fill and fill. God is ready for some of us to become that source, amen, of his anointing, that source of of anointing flowing in our life, amen. In other words... She kept on pouring when the door was closed. You need to continue to put, continually pouring the things into your life. In other words, we need to be pouring into our mission field. We need to be pouring into our homes, pouring into every person that we see. Pouring what into them? Pouring in the goodness of the Lord. That doesn't look. Sometimes the goodness of the Lord is disguised in just watching a ball game with somebody and laughing and cutting up and sharing some snacks. But let's, guess what? You can still represent Jesus and do that. It's just called fellowship. It's called being a, you know, one of the building blocks of the church laid out in the book of Acts is fellowship. Hanging out with each other. You know, look at somebody beside you and say, I want you to hang out with me, especially if that's your wife. Especially if that's your wife. This is a, this is a point moment for you husbands. Point moment. Yes, baby. Nobody else. You. You. You, my sweetheart. Hang out with me. Amen. We need the anointing to flow into our homes and flow into our children and flow into every part of our lives. I'm here to tell you, there's something amazing why God didn't use something, you know. I'm so glad God didn't use Jell-O to represent his spirit. Aren't you? Amen. Jello's there, but guess what? I can wash Jello off. Anybody ever got grease on them or oil on them? Not, you know what? Some of y'all, you hadn't really been anointed. You think a little dab on your brow is anointing? You ain't lived till you've had one of them old timers slap a wet hand of oil on your head and you go and you like you grease down. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And they didn't. Whap! <laughs> you know. Y'all start doing that, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm saying that, not you. No, I'm serious. I'm going to tell you the oil has no power. I'll give y'all a secret. I love cracker barrel syrup bottles, they make great bottles for anointing oil. They really do. Don't put that on your pancake. But this oil. It's just olive oil bought at a grocery store. The power comes in the obedience to the Scripture. What does this represent? This represents the Holy Spirit. We, look, some of us need a hot, oily hand on our head. We sure do. We need some deliverance in our life. We need some freedom in our life. Some of us need some unexplainable to hit us. Too many of us can leave church and we can explain everything that happened. I want you to have one of those, uh, I don't know what happened there. I've got Pastor Phil on speed dial. He's got to explain this to me. I don't know what went on with that. When's the last time you encountered God in an unexplainable way? The anointing of God is not predictable, and that's why it scares the daylights out of people. God does not ask your permission. God does not, look, the anointing of God knows no boundaries. As a matter of fact, oil sticks to you. Come on. Oil is not easy to wash off, is it? And oil will get in places that nothing else can reach. I don't know, you know, back when we used to have, you know, back home remedy days, um, anybody ever had mom heat up oil, put it in a sore ear, earache? Oil coats. Oil is known to, on the battlefield, they would use oil and they would pour it into wounds. And it would seal the wound from the air and it would try to keep the infection from happening. Oil was known as a healing agent. What are you saying all this for, Pastor? We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to begin to pour into places in this church that nothing else can reach, nothing else can can touch. I'm telling you, some of us, we're coming in this place and we raise our hands, we clap, we say amen, but God is ready to reach into those hard-to-reach places. He's ready to get where nothing else can get. And what will do that? I'm here to tell you the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are walking around thinking, I'm good. When it is the yoke or the anointing that will destroy any yoke of bondage in your life. Are you in bondage today? Are you in prison today? See, I I was listening. Some of y'all heard this message little by little by Jensen Franklin. But part of that message, he shares some great thoughts all all through its incredible thoughts. But um, I was re-listening to that this past week and he was talking about Samuel. And if you, Samuel was a mighty man of God, but he said, you know, before Samuel, uh, the Bible says that Samuel ministered to the Lord, and then you read a little bit later, it says, before he knew him. So it is possible for us to minister to the Lord or do good things without knowing God. Samuel ministered to the Lord without knowing the Lord. That's what that passage of Scripture says. And then, later on, he knows the Lord. I think that's depictive of revelations a lot, don't you? Where many will stand up and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do good things in your name? And he looks and says, depart, I never knew you. I want you to know something. I want more than just to know uh, do good things for him. I want to know him and him to know me. And that means I've got to allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to get in my business. Come on. Get in my business. Get in my conversations. Get in my private life. Get in, I'm going to tell you, God wants to be so much up in your business that you dream about him. Mm. I've had some dreams that was probably from eating a late-night taco. But then I have had some dreams I know were of God. God. And the dreams of God, you don't shake easily. You don't, It's not something you get off of you easily. I'm here to tell you, I'm ready for God to begin to fulfill the Scripture. It says, in the last days, He'll pour out His Spirit. He'll pour out that oil upon all flesh. He says, my sons and my daughters, they'll prophesy. Young men shall see visions, and old men will dream dreams. Well, I'm getting older, so let me dream some dreams. But some of you young men, God's ready to give you vision for purpose in your generation that'll say, I'm not just going to exist, but I'm going to stand up in this hour and be a man and a woman of faith and of God. And I don't care if they laugh at me. I don't care if they turn their back on me. But as for me, I'm going to serve God with anointing in my generation. Anointing. Are you hungry to be filled? Are you longing for more in your life? I'm here to tell you, you can only go so far in just playing patty cake with God. That's what some of us do. We play in that little game with God. Oh, just touch me, Lord. Woo. Little quiver in your liver and you're good. I'm here to tell you it's time for us to allow God to melt us down. And put us back together all in the same moment to have an encounter where we are Speechless. What happened to you? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, the Lord was blessing. I know that, but I don't know. I'm going to have to figure it out. All I know is I went I went into my time of prayer and something got a hold of my life. And I can't be the same. Too much of us going out being the same. I want to be changed by the power of Of his spirit. Is that you this morning? You want to be changed? Come on, Tina. Your deliverance can be dependent or or may be contingent upon your obedience to allow the anointing in your life. You can't just decide I'm anointed. Did you know that? There's two ways you can minister. You can minister with charisma. There's a lot of charismatic people out there that will catch your attention. Man, that's awesome. Look how charismatic they are. Man, they just I just love to hear them. I get so excited. Don't know what to do with myself. I'm like JoJo the Circus Clown, you know. Love to hear it. But there's a difference between difference with someone being charismatic and having great charisma and someone who has been alone with God. I can remember my mom and dad would sometimes go to these big meetings and me and my sister were smaller so we would stay with my, my grandparents because my grandparents weren't able to travel. My grandmother was in a wheelchair. Um, and my grandfather took care of her, um, but I can remember laying on a couch at night and hearing my grandfather pray. As a little boy, he never preached a sermon. He never, to my knowledge, stood behind a pulpit and led a service, or or did anything that would have been great in the eyes of men. But old to hear him pray as a little boy and I come from a large family on my dad's side, my mom's side too but my dad's side and he never failed to call out every last family member before I heard him go silent and grandpa he couldn't say Lord, he'd say Laud I'd hear him in there, Lord, just help me to take care of Gladys. I ask you to let me outlive her just so I know she's taken care of. That's how he'd begin. And then he would go down the line, and then you'd hear him say something like this. Lord, you know I wasted my life. I didn't come to know you as a young man. I did my own thing. I did my own way. But, Lord, I ask you to. Use every last child in my family, all my, my boys and my daughter and my grandchildren. Lord, I ask you. See, that's why I'm standing here today because he cursed every last one of us. But I can remember as a child feeling the presence of God. I didn't understand it. But I could feel the presence of God. I can remember in Marietta, Georgia, when my dad pastored there. I know some of you will find this hard to believe, but I was known as a handful when I was little. And uh, it was before they padded the pews, and they had pews probably as long, one side as long as this whole width of building. And my mom played the piano, and my dad... Would moderate the services. And I can remember bunching up my feet on one end of the arm of that. And I'd just kick and slide all the way the length of it. I had good wax on those things. I got about three of those done. And then the anointing got a hold of me called Bob. Caught me up under the arm. Took me out and introduced me to Jesus. But I grew up literally, you've heard the saying, cutting my teeth on church pews. But I was a handful. Five years old, I was into everything. But I could remember as the Holy Spirit began to fill the room. All of a sudden, the play left me. And I'd go find somewhere safe. And I'd kind of crawl up. Not scared, but sensing something was in the room. There's something in the room. and It's the spirit of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's here. It's here. And it sets people free. And it changes lives. It heals the sick. And it delivers those who are in bondage. You see, some people, the saddest truth is, they're in bondage and they will not even acknowledge it. You see, they're in bondage doing their own thing. Just happily going through their lives. But when they lay down till at night, they have no purpose. Their thoughts terrorize them. That's bondage. I can tell you right now, I lay down at night knowing if I don't open my eyes and see the ceiling of my bedroom in the morning. I'm going to open my eyes and see Jesus. I don't, I don't doubt that. You don't have to doubt that, church. You can walk with God. You can walk with purpose. So I want us to stand as we get ready to leave this place. And I thank God for the way he moved at the beginning of the service. And if that's what he had planned and there's not any response at this point, that's fine because if god's done i'm done but i'm going to just say this if you were being dealt with and didn't respond it's time for a real change I, i just some of us need to hear this it's time for a real change it's time for you to wake up with some joy in your life that's real and sincere And I don't know who that's for, but it's for somebody in this room. And if you want it and you're ready for it, then grab somebody by the hand and say, I don't care what anybody thinks from this point on, I got to have what Pastor Phil's saying. I got to have that peace. I got to have that anointing. I've got to have that touch of God in my life. I'm ready to shut the door and pour the oil. And if that means I have to shut some friends out in order to get a hold of God, I'm gonna shut some friends out. If I have to shut out somebody that's close to me for a little while to get close to God till I can handle being with them, then Lord, I'm gonna close them out. God, because I want you more than I want anything else. If that's you, this altar's open. On behalf of Harvest Worship Center, we would like to thank you for listening and worshiping with us today. For more information, please visit our website at tryonhwc.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We would also like to invite you to come and experience the presence of the Lord with us in person. We are located at 456 4th Street in Tryon, Georgia. Our morning celebration and evening celebrations are every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Wednesday night is Worship in the Word night. We have classes for every age beginning at 7 p.m. We look forward to meeting you.